0: You're listening to The Preppy Podcast, and I'm your host, Patricia May Olson. I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch and listen to past episodes at thepreppypodcast.com, and be sure to follow at thepreppypodcast and me, Patricia underscore May underscore Olson, on Instagram. Welcome back to the Preppy Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. And actually, I would love if you could share this podcast with a friend or leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts because that helps me grow. It helps me get new amazing guests for you, and it is so appreciated. But today I am so excited because we are talking with James Point Stationery. I don't know about you, but I make multiple lists throughout the day to stay organized, to put goals down, uh, just to keep it all together. And their solution uh, with their stationery is just so smart. They have it for all different kinds of list makers, which I think is so different than other stationery and paper goods out there. So I'm really interested to talk and learn more about how they came up with the idea, the products, and how it helps us entrepreneurs, especially as we're in 2024 and getting ready for a full year of fun and great things. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. All right. Well,
1: why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? Sure. I am Kathleen Kurjanowicz. I am the owner and creative director at James Point. I live in the small town of Bath Maid, which is about 45 minutes north of Portland, and I kind of just love running this brand.
0: Amazing. And we met um, a few years ago through the New England Coastal Creative Conference. Um, And I've just loved following along with your brand and also
1: just your Instagram in general. It looks so beautiful where you live, I have to say. Thank you. We love it very, very much. Um, We moved here full time in 2018 and it's just been a wonderful, wonderful place to live.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. So I want to start at the beginning. Before we dive into your brand and business today, tell me about you as a kid. Were you someone that was entrepreneurial? Were you someone that um,
1: was really organized? Tell me about your childhood. Um, You know, hindsight's always 20-20. I'd say a little bit organized and more creative than entrepreneurial. Um, I'm a middle child uh, and have only brothers, so I was the only girl. So I Did a lot of things by myself. I was a very independent kid. Um, Mm -hmm. So a lot of creative, um, did a lot of projects, could always find something to do that had instructions or, you know, built something on my own. So I would say less entrepreneurial, but more creative. That makes sense, um now, then, when it came time for
0: college, I'm curious where and what you studied. Was it something creative then, since you were a creative kid, or was it um something you know that parents say is practical? Tell me about what
1: you studied and where? Wow, what a question. Um, <laughs> not creative and not practical at all <laughs> i um I grew up in Maine. We moved to Nantucket when I was ten, and so I kind of went through high school there. And then I went to college in Washington, DC. And I ended up studying um, originally political science and then changed to criminology and forensics.
0: Oh, wow. That's so interesting.
1: Yeah, it's not practical at all. And I knew, you know, pretty much that I didn't want to do that as a career, but it was so fun and interesting um, that it was kind of just a great avenue to get through school.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Well, and I can't imagine though, uh, growing up on Nantucket and then moving to DC for college, I feel like they have to be so
1: different. How was that? It it was night and day. Um, yeah. I grew up in a small town in Southern Maine and then we moved to Nantucket. So I feel like I had spent my life in small towns. Mm-hmm. and I was ready for something so different that a big city really just ticked the boxes. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. Um, It almost sounds like a Hallmark movie from Nantucket to D.C.
1: (laughs) Yes. And then, um, you know, in 2018, um, my husband and I were just so burnt out um, of the city life and the commuting life uh, that we moved to Maine full time. Okay.
0: So tell me, Between then though, so you studied um, and you got your degree and you said, you know, it wasn't very practical. So I'm curious, what did you end up uh, doing for your first career and sort of your career in between starting your own thing and moving to Maine?
1: My first career was in government consulting. I stayed in DC and worked for a defense contractor um, for many years. And it was, it was nice. It kind of was a little bit of everything, policy, strategy, project management, um, and kind of had your hands in all kinds of different projects, which was very exciting and naturally kind of fell into the role of project manager. I was a very organized person, um, ended up running a lot of teams. It, it just kind of, it was very natural.
0: Okay. And that totally makes sense then for uh, James' point then of what you do today. So. Yeah. You were there working in that career. It sounds like you were a great fit, successful. Um, and then you guys, you and your husband, it sounds like, got a little burnt out of that city life. So you decided to move to Maine. Is that right?
1: Yes, we did. We moved um, up to Bath, Maine, which is uh, where we've been since 2018. Small town, really quiet. And it was just a wonderful lifestyle shift for us.
0: Yeah, And so during your move then, were you still um, working and in the same industry? Did you take some time off? Sort of what was that um, lead into James Point?
1: Yeah, it's kind of um, an interesting process. I left D.C. and took a similar consulting role up here in Maine Mm -hmm. for um, a Navy contractor. Mm -hmm. and have you ever had one of those scenarios where you make this big decision and you're all excited and then you walk in the first day and you're just kind of like, wow, I think I made a huge mistake. Yes. (laughs) That is you talk about, you know, it sounding like a movie. I feel like I remember that scene very vividly that day, um, walking into that job going, I don't think this was the right move, but we had, you know, sold two houses and moved our entire life to be up here. So I was like, I'm just going to give it a year and I'm glad I did. Um, After a year, I ended up um, leaving. I had my daughter and Mm -hmm. decided to be a stay-at-home mom. So going from working 18 years in the corporate world to just being home all the time was just a giant pivot. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. Yeah, that does sound
0: um, like a big change there. So once you had your daughter and your stay-at-home mom after you know a, a successful career in the corporate world, what was sort of the the initial uh, wheels turning in your head about James Point, or like that sort of aha, I might have like an idea here? Yeah, yeah, no, it
1: actually, um, I lasted about 12, 12 weeks as a stay-at-home mom <laughs> uh, before I kind of got the jitters of I need I need to be doing something else. Um, I I had worked my whole life Um, since I was 14. My 14, I had always had a job, Um, always earned my own money, and just, like I said, a very independent person from the get-go. So staying at home with my daughter, well, was absolutely wonderful. I felt like there was a part of me um, that was missing. Hmm. And so I started freelance consulting, which was kind of a step back into the working world where I could at least manage my own time, pick my own projects, pick my own clients, which was super important, and kind of just be able to steer and set bigger boundaries if I was doing it by myself. Well, that and, makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was great um for a little while and then COVID hit. Mm. And so um I was doing mostly government freelance consulting and there were no more contracts being awarded because All of the offices were shut down and they didn't know when people were coming back to work. So they stopped kind of awarding um, projects and works to people. So it was time to pivot again. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, you know, I feel like so many businesses
0: were born out of COVID though. Like just people that I've interviewed on the podcast or people that I know. So, you know, as awful as COVID and that time was, I do think there was a little bit of glimmer from it in terms of people sort of finding their way and, um, you know, jumping into creative passions or maybe side hustles um, and, and starting something new. So it sounds, like that kind of
1: might have been the start of James point absolutely absolutely and and that's so true it's it's taken a long time for me to kind of talk about because covid was so bad on so many levels um, you know families were destroyed and you know people lost loved ones and people lost jobs but um, for for my family in particular it was the first time in you know 15 or 18 years we had the chance to actually slow down mm-hmm. and so that That particular reason only I am, am grateful for that time,
0: definitely so okay you're you're at home, you're not getting um, your consulting projects coming in, so at what point you know did you always kind of during that time think you know I want to start something on my own, I want to create something, or was it initially you know stationary and that business like did did the product come first or like the idea come first? Does that make sense? Uh, it does.
1: It does. A little a little bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm i fortunate to live in a state where there's an amazing nonprofit called CEI. And within CEI, they have a division called the Women's Business Center. And during COVID, they launched a eight, I think it was eight or 10 week cohort for female mm-hmm. entrepreneurs people that either wanted their own business or already had a business and were trying to pivot in COVID. And we had two amazing mentors. It was a small group of about eight or 10 of us. And we met for two or three hours every week and kind of worked through all of, um, these different scenarios and exercises. And it was through that program where initially I thought, how am I going to pivot this consulting business? Um, I I ended up talking about a frustration I was having about grocery shopping, and that is what led to creating the Multitasker Triple.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, first of all, how amazing is it that your town has a program like that? I feel like there's only been a few people on this podcast who have mentioned similar things, and even me, I'm like, I I wonder if there's something
1: like that near me. I I think that would benefit so many people. I'm, I'm incredibly, incredibly fortunate to have someone in my life that mentioned, hey, have you heard of this organization? Because I don't think I would have found them on my own.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so is that a national program then?
1: It's not. That um, CEI and the Women's Business Center is specific to Maine, but there are national organizations like SCORE um, that do very similar things for entrepreneurs. Okay, that's good to know for anyone listening. So, then you come up
0: with this idea about grocery shopping and and lists. So, tell me a little bit about that. Like how that came from I have this idea and this this problem that I think I have a solution for and actually making it into something. What were some of those first steps at the beginning?
1: Yeah, the first step was kind of defining the problem I had, which was my husband being frustrated with all the post-it notes all over our kitchen. <laughs> yeah. uh, like I said, very organized, very, very color coordinated. There were post-it notes everywhere. Um, and like I said, we live in a small town, so we do have a small grocery store here. Um, we have a farmer's market, but to go to a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's, you've got to drive about 45, 50 minutes away. So mm-hmm. we would go to the farmer's market once a week. So we had a list for that. We would have, you know, a, list for the local grocery store if we needed something the farmer's market didn't have because we'd go there weekly. Um, Trader Joe's we'd go to maybe once every three to four weeks. And then a big box store like a Costco or something we'd go to maybe once a quarter. And trying to keep track of all of those lists Mm -hmm. in the same place when I have a dog and a husband working from home and a toddler, it was just, it was too much. And Mm -hmm. it so frustrating that I was like, why can't I find something that allows me to keep these lists all in one place that I can tear off individually and not have to worry about them getting lost? Yep. So so, then that leads to your
0: first product, right?
1: Yeah, it did. And kind of working through the cycle of the exercises of the cohort was giving us, you know, we walked through the technical specs and the functional design and I had to make a prototype and there is a local print shop in town and the owner was very kind. She let me kind of go in there with my sketches and, you know, was very patient as I walked through this idea um, of a product with three lists on it where you could tear them off individually. And she's like, okay, so we made up uh, what's called a functional prototype. It wasn't, you know, designed to be pretty. It was designed to kind of replicate the function of the product. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so I, we made, um, 50 of those and sent them out for testing. That was another part of the cycle was making sure you're testing your product. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if I would have done that initially. I've never, I've never created a product. I've never created a product based business. So I really didn't know what steps you could take. And I think in hindsight, I probably would have just tried to do this and put it out there and see how it landed. But the testing aspect Became so important that now I will <laughs> I will never release a product without testing it thoroughly. So, how the fifty then that you uh,
0: tested with? Were you giving them to friends? Like, how did that test process work?
1: I put a note on Facebook. This was probably summer of 2020, late summer of 2020, and put a note out on Facebook saying, "Hey." you know, does anybody want to test some stationary products? You know, here's what I'm thinking. I'll send it to you. You'll use it. And after so many days or weeks, you know, you'll fill out this paperwork or a survey or something. And I had a lot of response. Um, I was thinking maybe of sending out like 20 or 30, but, um, I had, I think 52 that went out. Wow. And then I tested a a separate product. Um, what became part of our productivity pads, um, as well, but kind of the primary test was with the multitasker triple.
0: That's amazing. And backing up a little too, where did you get these 50, um, products produced? I think that's the other hard part. What I know they were just prototypes at that point, it sounds like, but was this someone local, you were getting them made and printed or were you overseas and kind of, uh, just Googling? I think that's a part that my listeners find so interesting.
1: Yeah, the, the test um products are functional prototypes were done at a local print shop here in town. Um okay. really just a, a cardboard backing, very generic paper, and they hand glued the individual list pads and then mounted them to the backing. Got it.
0: Okay. I love this process that you're walking us through because I feel like I haven't honestly had someone on the podcast explain all this. And I think it's so helpful, especially something new or, you know, a completely new product line, or if you're a new entrepreneur, doing it this way is, is such a smart a smart way. And obviously getting it printed local or, um, you know, if you're getting something made local, it's going to be more expensive, but you don't have the high overhead of having to invest in so much quality
1: quantity then at least. So it's a good way to test. It, it was an excellent way to test and which is why it was a, a functional prototype because I knew um, as wonderful as our print shop is here in town, they didn't have the kind of paper and binding supplies that I knew I needed for what would be our market product. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so having them as a partner to create, you know, prototypes for us and test products um, has been really, really helpful
0: definitely. Okay, so you sent these out and then you got the feedback. So, were you off to the races then some tweaks or or did people love them how they were and you're getting printed? What was
1: the next step? Um actually we had to go back to the drawing board. Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> um we I loved getting the feedback. It was incredibly helpful and it's the reason I won't put a product out there without testing it is because Every single person that tested the multitasker triple provided great feedback, but they actually all had one comment in common. And it was, I used the list pad in the middle, and now there's a big hole, and I can see this ugly cardboard backing. Or I used the one on the right first, and now there's an empty space. And every single person said, wouldn't it be great if you could make this refillable? Can you make this refillable? And that was something that was never on my radar. Yeah. In, you know, in my very specific vision of a product that just never occurred to me. And I kind of remember reading in a book a long time ago that, you know, if you're looking for feedback from your customers and they're all telling you the same thing, you should probably listen. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I went back to the drawing board and came up with a brand new design to make the product refillable. And I'm so proud of it. And I am so grateful that they all shared
0: that feedback. Yeah. It's a beautiful product. I have one myself and it's just gorgeous um, Mm -hmm. and functional. So now you have your product. Then next step, was it website, social media, that sort of thing? Like how did you launch and get it out
1: there? Uh, Yeah. Social media, building a website and, um, getting mass production done, which was probably the hardest. Um, paper quality was incredibly important to me. Mm. Um, I didn't want this to be like an average paper stationary product you could pick up, you know, generically at a store. I wanted it to be something high quality. There is something very special about the way a pen feels on paper and the way it can change your handwriting, that the type and texture of the paper um, became kind of a really important quest. And it took about six months to find the right paper.
0: Oh my gosh. So were you reaching out you know, locally, uh, nationally, overseas,
1: um, and just getting samples and testing them out? Yeah, yeah, six months of so many paper samples. Um, testing with different kinds of markers and pens, and just all these things you never really think of—paper mm-hmm. um, weight, paper texture, paper color. There's you know five thousand shades of off-white. Oh my gosh! Who knew? Who knew? And um, and it affects the way that you know the ink is printed, and it, there's just so much that goes into it that it it really was important to get it right. Definitely. Um, Okay. So then I would love for you to tell people
0: about James Point today, where it is today and sort of your product offerings that they can find. If they go to your website, if they're not familiar with you, uh, tell
1: them about your brand today as it is. Yeah. The brand today um, is amazing. We have um, three colors, uh, Mm -hmm. Signature Navy, Storm Cloud, and Morning Fog. Um, which is one of my favorites. It's this beautiful light gray and um, several products that now all come in every single color. Three of our products are refillable, the multitasker triple, the multitasker double, and the family tasker. And then we have executive memo pads, which are our productivity pads that come in three styles and three colors. And then we have a daily tasker, which um, is really great for people that Um, it was kind of built off of a friend of mine um, who kind of functions on a day-to-day level. I've learned over the years that folks plan in different ways. Some people are daily planners, weekly planners, monthly planners. um, And then me, I'm kind of a flexible planner. So all of these products were designed around pieces I either wanted or needed at different points of my life or corporate career that I just couldn't find out there, something high quality that was chic and minimalistic and um, professional. And they're so beautiful. And,
0: you know, I would say one of the points you just mentioned that I think is um, key is that these products are great for someone if they have a corporate career, if they're an entrepreneur, or if they're, you know, a stay-at-home mom and just trying to uh, keep the family organized. So I think they serve so many purposes.
1: Yeah, there's there's a little bit of everything, um, like I said, that kind of touched on different points of my life and career. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. So, I'm curious so far, what has been the hardest part about the business, like having your own business, having James Point, and then what's your favorite? What's been the best part
1: Um, I think you know the hardest part is there are times where you just feel like you're doing it alone mm-hmm. um and just not having coworkers to connect with after you know so many years in a corporate office and Having a team of people to lean on. Um, there are days that feel very, very lonely. Kind of doing it all by yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I get that from a lot of entrepreneurs.
0: And then, what would you say is the best part or your favorite?
1: Um, my favorite is um, <laughs> is actually designing new products. Oh. That is, uh, it kind of is my happy place to just be able to get out all the ideas I have in my brain and create something physical out of that, Mm -hmm. like a physical product. So that's really exciting. And then I think the other is um, in the last couple of years, I've had people send me text messages, friends or family um, when they're traveling and they'll see our products in a store. And that's Mm -hmm. really exciting.
0: Yeah. So tell me about that. Um, You sell then to stores. How many stores are you in? Are they kind of All over the country, um, if a store is listening and interested in carrying your product?
1: Yeah, you know, we never, we never, (laughs) we never planned to wholesale. It was never part of the dream. And uh, when the retail line launched in 2021, I had stores calling asking if they could get our product. And I held off for as long as I could and then started agreeing. So we're in a handful of stores on the East Coast, Um, the most recent one, is in Long Island. Uh, it's called Over the Bridge. It's a sweet little shop in Long Island. And I just, um, I'm not sure how long we'll keep wholesaling. I just, it's its really not where I wanted the company to go. And um, I, I don't know. It's a whole other beast to manage. It really is. It's a it's it's so hard to kind of learn the ins and out of the retail side mm-hmm. to now take on this completely separate side of it is is really overwhelming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, understandable.
0: Um now i since this is the new year's and I feel like um you obviously are a great list maker and organizer is there a tip that you'd share for um you know staying organized for getting things done obviously using your notepads and everything but anything you can share or like a way to use them that you found works really well
1: uh, well I mean all the all the products I use very differently but I think my biggest tip is find what works for you mm-hmm. and, and be okay with it. Um, for someone who spent, you know, most of my life buying every planner on the market, like physical hardbound calendar planner. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it took a long time of buying planners and never really using them to realize that I'm not a planner person. <laughs> I, need, I needed something different. So for me it was post-it notes, which then turned into list pads and, Um, like memo pads, but um, I'd say, you know, find what works for you and, Mm -hmm. and stick with it. I love that. That's so
0: funny because I used to be a, a calendar planner person, like all through high school and college. And, and when I first started my career and then a few years ago, I turned into, yeah, a, a list maker and then just have like my calendar on my phone and I keep going back trying to buy a planner. Like last year I bought two, I think, and I never, I used them for like two weeks and then I didn't and I keep going back trying to do it and maybe that's just not for me. So maybe I,
1: I am just a James Point list maker. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's hard because planners are very, um, format specific Mm-hmm. And I, I'd always find something that worked for me like two thirds of the time. And then I felt the rest of the space was wasted and, yes. and I had a really hard time with that. Um, yeah. and I, I was always hopeful. I was like, Oh, this one's <laughs> going to be the one, this one's going to be the one. And it just it never worked out. So I was like, I have to just go back to what works for me, which is, which is lists. Yeah.
0: Um, so since I am a PR girl, I'm always curious, like what's worked for you in getting the word out about your business, like getting sales, getting followers, uh, what's been a a great marketing
1: tool for you? Um, I'd say 90% of our sales have been word of mouth. So referred from our current customers. I wish there was an easy button (laughs) that, could make marketing and um, like ads and sales easier, but um, it's just it's not something I've really navigated too much because we've been working off the referrals at this point. Well, and I think a lot of companies, they want
0: it to be word of mouth. So, um, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of money on ads and things like that. And they really want just people referring customers and and recommending it to their friends, so that's great that you have that you know that your customers naturally love it and want to want to share it with their friends,
1: yeah, I'm incredibly grateful. I think as an entrepreneur, it's hard sometimes um, some of the things we don't talk about with one another is money and the finances behind running a business and how much it actually costs to go into marketing and running ads and if you're a solopreneur or run a small business, you know, money is always tight. And Mm -hmm. so it's taken a long time and making several mistakes to realize, you know, figure out what's working for you and lean into it. So right now, all of our, I'd say the majority, 90, 90 percent of our sales are coming from referrals and word of mouth. So that is what we're leaning into in 2024. Yep. So
0: smart. I'm curious. Then, speaking of customers, who would be your dream customer? Like, who do you think needs, you know, a James Point list? Um
1: my my dream customer, uh, <laughs> when I was working in the CEI cohort, they started a uh, an exercise about if your product were a person, who would it be? Uh-huh. And I always said my product would be Kate Middleton. So I feel like that would be a really my first answer, but the likelihood of a a Royal (laughs) with any sort of product, um, from a a company is, is unlikely. Um, I think, I think just the everyday, the everyday woman who is overwhelmed and wants to stay organized, um, but have something be just really simple and chic. That's Um, perfect.
0: And I get Kate Middleton a lot when I ask that question. So um, I think, you know, she's just so, so graceful and um, elegant that everyone always picks her. But you know who else I think would be good? Um, The founder of Spanx. I feel like she's just such a great, or like Kendra Scott, like one of those entrepreneurs, right? Those One of those ladies, I think would be great and would benefit so much from it.
1: Yeah, I I feel Martha Stewart is, I think, kind of the the pipe dream too. I love that for sure. (laughs) Kind of like the classic, you know, godmother of good taste, I feel, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, and this is probably a hard question, but I always ask everyone, like, what's your personal favorite product of yours and what's the best seller, but I know you use all of your products. So maybe it's easier saying, you know, if someone's new to the brand, like, where do they start? What, do, what would you suggest they start with?
1: Um, I think if they're new to the brand, um, figure out what your planning style is. If it's If it's a weekly, then the family tasker. If it's daily it's a daily tasker and if you need something more flexible the other products are kind of where you should start Mm -hmm. my favorite um is a toss-up the family tasker i think i'm the most proud of because it's our weekly planning pad designed for moms or women with like a super busy household and it hangs on the fridge and in order for that to happen we spent another three months getting a custom magnet made that is built into the base underneath the fabric so you can't see it because I refused to spend all this time building these beautiful products to have like a tacky magnet sticker slapped on the back of it. So we put a lot of design effort into getting the magnet hidden under the fabric, and then it had to be strong enough to hold it up onto the A refrigerator or a whiteboard or wherever you keep it. Um, So I think that's one of my favorites from a design perspective, Mm -hmm. but the productivity pages um, quad design is what I use every single day. It is just how my brain works for laying out information. It is a memo pad divided into four quadrants and it is, it is my lifeline. I love that. Everyone will have to check those out.
0: Uh, Since this is the Preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? So how would you describe Preppy?
1: Preppy to me is classic New England, just really sophisticatedly simple and polished. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of growing up that image was always my aunt Kathy. Uh she lived in Connecticut and you know summered in Maine and you know just I feel like if you looked up preppy in a dictionary she she would be right there next to Oh I her. love that. Yeah. Polished. I love it. Now, um
0: I I'm also curious um just some get to know you questions and um short answers. The first being what's like a resource for business that you would recommend um people check out? Like a book or is there a newsletter you subscribe to or a group you're
1: part of? Anything like that? Oh yeah, what a great question. Um resource-wise, I'm a big fan of SCORE, which is a national organization that helps entrepreneurs with courses and mentorship. Um, I think they have like webinars and there's local chapters all over the country. Um, So that, that's amazing. I do read a lot. Um, Some of my favorite books are by Gary Keller. Um, I'm happy to, I'm happy to send you a list of some of my favorite books to put in the show notes. Yeah, that would be great. We can share that for sure. And then I think the other resource would be just to connect with people. Mm -hmm. So groups like New England Coastal Mm -hmm. um, has been wonderful just connecting with other business owners who understand what it's like to run a business um, by yourself. So they kind of understand the pain points. And even if their business is very different than yours, they understand what you're going through. Yeah,
0: for sure. I, I get so much out of those sorts of communities. Um, what about other small businesses or brands that pair well with James Point or just you love to support as well?
1: Um, pair well with. Uh, I would love to pair with like J. Crew or Tucker Duck mm-hmm. in the future. But small brands that I support, I love Wheeltail um, Weaving, I love uh, La Lisa. Uh, If you don't know Lisa Lovolo, she has an amazing shoe line. Kim Becker Designs, who's based in Midcoast, Maine. Uh, Gosh, there's so many.
0: Yeah. Those are some great ones, though, that you mentioned there. So I'm curious, what is next for you? Anything you're working on? Any sneak peeks you can share?
1: Yeah, we're hoping to get journals and notebooks launched this year. Ooh. Um, and my daughter has been spending a lot of time in the warehouse with me and she is really pushing for a children's line of notebooks, but <laughs> I, I can't see that coming, you know, this year. But but now that she's been talking about it for a long time, she's very um, into daily routines. So I feel like something for kids along daily routines or chore charts or something like that is something I could see coming out.
0: I love that. What like a little entrepreneur you have. Yeah, she's, she's a
1: spitfire. We love it.
0: (laughs) So my final question is where can people find you and shop your products? Let them know your website, your social
1: media, all of that, please. Absolutely. We, you can find us at jamespoint.com online to shop or on Instagram. We're um, at James underscore point underscore stationary. And then we're also on Facebook as well under James Point Stationery.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, Kathleen. This was so fun learning more about you and Jim's point. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.